Hello and welcome to Early Late Nights. That is the wrong thumbnail. That's a problem. That's for something else I was doing. I don't know why I did it here. Hmm. What a great chart to the show. This is Early Late Nights, the show that is presented to you live through the power of Nintendo Labo. That cardboard can do anything, I tell you. No, not really. It is brought to you by the Explosion Network. I am your host, Kieran Marchant. And hopefully, that is the only problem for the show. Tonight, we have a show filled with all those delicious morsels of bits and pieces that we absolutely love. I will be talking about Insomniac Spider-Man. We'll be going over the top 10 best-selling games for March. Also be looking at Nintendo's latest achievement. And I'll be asking in the tidbit of the week, or of the show, will games be the same when we go back to play them in 10 years? Well, who would know? Not even I. We will have a discussion about that, but let's move on to the show. Let's let's dive right in. We've got a lot to cover today, so I'm excited. If you haven't noticed already, Inso I haven't heard. Insomniac's doing Spider-Man for PlayStation 4 coming out this September. And boy, am I excited. Uh, if you didn't see when the game was officially announced with the date uh, about a month ago, the collector's edition came out. It went fucking nuts. It sold out everywhere. Um, and it was with the promise of new costumes. So one of the costumes was the punk Spider-Man that was revealed, and then there was two more costumes to be revealed. Well, this week we had one, another, another one? One other one revealed, along with the release of Avengers Infinity War, which you saw just a moment ago. Um, this would be the Iron Spider costume. So this costume is pretty heavily featured in, um, Infinity Wars. Um, if you've seen the trailers or if you've seen the movie, if you haven't seen the movie, go see it. It's fantastic. Um, but this is one of the costumes that you will be getting with the collector's edition of the game. That, and don't worry though, if you're not getting a collector's edition, because it was fuck, it was stupidly hard to get onto or get a hold of, um, We've actually been able to, uh, it actually is noted that it's only ever said um, to be you get instant access to the costume. Not exclusive access, not locked behind the paywall. It just seems to be this is you get it straight away, where if you don't have the collector's edition, you're going to have to work for that suit. You're going to have to earn that suit through the progression in the game, which is completely fine. Um, I don't see too many problems with that. You get it early. If not, you get to work for it. Uh, as Insomniac has already come out and said, there is no microtransactions to this game. Which, which we're hearing more of. The fact that developers now are feeling the need to say there's no microtransactions in their game is blows my mind a little bit that that's the world we live in now. But hey, that's that's where we live. That's That's what gaming has become. So... Hopefully now we'll see more games with more things that are unlocked through gameplay in-game. And I can't wait. There's more costumes to be announced. There was a teaser in that trailer. Uh, it shows the homemade Spider-Man outfit from um, that was briefly witnessed in Spider-Man Homecoming and in Captain America Civil War. That, you know, looks very, you know, it was Peter Parker's initial suit when he... Um, started off as Spider-Man in the Homecoming universe or the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so that'll be. I'm guessing that'll be in the in the game as well. And I've been thinking. This made me think that I, there's of the Spider-Man suits that I really want to see. I really want to see um, a, a suit from the Ultimate Spider-Man universe. Yes, we've already got Miles Morales kind of confirmed in this game that'll probably appear and maybe evolve into future games as a playable character. But I want to see a more cartoony, almost uh, Ultimate Spider-Man 
costume because it's one of my favorite runs of spider-man is that ultimate universe um to change you know there's a couple options that for me i would change completely um i would change the character completely like everybody and including me wants spider gwen Gwen Stacy is such a, a big character in the Spider-Man universe now because of her time as Spider-Gwen. Um, and I think she evolved into a bigger character because of that. And because of that, we people want to see that. People want to be able to play as her throughout the game. So I'd like to see that. My, my random one is Spider-Ham. Um, there is one of the alternate universes of Spider-Man where he's a piggy. Um, and Spider-Ham is that character, and I'm so, I would so love just to see this game. I don't think this game's out there enough for me to be able to play Spider-Ham, but we'll see where that goes, and my realistic choices would be the Scarlet Spider, or the Noir Spider that we saw in, um, I think it was called Fractured Dimensions. I think that was the Spider-Man game with the Noir Spider-Man that I really love that take on Spider-Man, his costume being free of color what do you think in the chat or uh online what do you think what costumes would you like to see you're happy to see these costumes that are being featured in our spider-man movies should they be featured um what are the costumes from the comic book world would you like to see in the game because this game one of my favorite bits of the old spider-man games was the costume changes and being able to play as different spider-man so i'm excited to see where that comes from and how that evolves because i know this game's very heavily featuring peter parker but come on give me give me spider ham god damn it moving right along to topic two of tonight's show um if you haven't seen or if you don't know it's like the end of april it's the end of april people in 2018 for fuck's sake it is crazy it's the end of april already so we finally got the best-selling uh, numbers from the march release and it's actually quite interesting because so these are just the numbers from physical release copies like physically sold copies of the games so in the top two we have far cry coming out on top far cry 5 coming out as the best-selling game for march with sea of thieves coming very closely in second the rest of them are they're okay so you know mlb 18 the show in third kirby star all-stars uh, grand theft auto 5 still at fifth fuck's sake that game uh, call of duty world war 2 still doing well mario kart 8 and Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom slotting in there. With all a smitted mass mattering of games, a way out getting in, in the top 20 list. But this list I find super interesting because this list does not um, does not include any digital sales. And for Sea of Thieves, it does not cover anything, any copies of the game that were purchased through Game Pass. So if you hadn't heard, Xbox Game Pass was giving you access to all the Xbox exclusives from launch day. Sea of Thieves was the first one to do that. And so the fact that it's still number two on the top 10 bestsellers for March is ridiculous. It's crazy. It's it's really far out there and stupid um, to, to think... Well, not stupid, but it's it's fantastic to see that Sea of Thieves still did really well. That it does this... Uh, this list does not actually cover the uh top tens of not the top the pcs this game does not cover the pc list um whatsoever so these games are all being done through console it's fantastic to see sea of thieves doing so well considering xbox one many people were having problems with it far cry 5 yes was the overall winner it was on both platforms um it had the biggest coverage 
of the newly released games it it's a it's a good game it was probably the hyped game of the of march and so of course it's going to be first but sea of thieves i see a lot of hope there for um xbox and microsoft i see different bits and pieces to show of what's to come it's some hope it was actually recently announced um through the xbox the microsoft financials that in over the last period of time i'm not entirely sure of the period but Xbox has done in no the Xbox One the Xbox One's life cycle has done 2.29 billion dollars for Microsoft, and that's really really crazy for a com- for a console that isn't releasing that many exclusive games. That's fan base is being told that the by you know by the outsiders who want to bring up console wars that you know your console's failing. 2.29 billion dollars is not a not a laughed at sum of money. It's pretty pretty interesting pretty crazy so it's good to see it's good to see microsoft doing well that they're they're bringing it up they're coming through with their games um and it's an interesting list what did you think of uh march as a month it was probably the strongest month for games so far of the year as it always is generally is um april has been strong just because of god of wars placement in april and may looks like it's gonna be an interesting month with the up and coming detroit um but it's a strong list. I'm I'm looking forward to the days where I don't see Grand Theft Auto Five somehow in these freaking bestseller lists. It's ridiculous that it's still caught it bought so commonly. Look, it's probably going to be a time where it's being sold still side by side with with Red Red Dead Redemption Two. So we'll see how that goes in the coming year to see if Grand Theft Auto Five it has slid five spots down. It's normally at like number one or number two because it's stupid, but it's been interesting to see. Um, the growth and the changes of the lists (laughs) yes lady laz microtransactions are generally seen as pretty evil um and they are evil in most games if they're locking us down and fluffy you know uh hi how you going um on earlier nights we really i don't do much interaction with the twitch chat until in between the segments while clips are playing um and then after the show after the show we have a chat before i stream um, but I can't wait. I, please, if you have any more thoughts on these lists, um, on this top 10 bestsellers for March, it'll be posted in the description of the show. If you're listening as part of the podcast or YouTube, um, tell me, what do you think of this list? Are you a little bit, I'm curious that Nino Kuni 2 didn't get any higher. It's in, I think ninth place by the looks of it. So Nino Kuni 2 didn't really get any higher. And the fact that when 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 will these bestsellers lists when will this begin to show digital sales i understand the coverage at the moment is just physical sales but digital sales is becoming a more prominent market in the gaming console spectrum now we it would be nice to see how much that played effect on um these kind of things like how how much would change and shift and i'd like to know game pass numbers for sea of thieves how many people got sea of thieves thanks to the game pass how how many people use that i guess it's a benefit use that benefit of that game pass to see another game that is fantastically acclaimed by all accounts um speaking of fantastic acclaim nintendo man nintendo are getting up there in the world they're they're making a lot of, you know, they're making a lot of moves. And it's been interesting. I spoke about on Tuesday, Nintendo Labo coming out. And it doesn't seem to be for the right for the uh, older mature audience. It just seems to be for kids. And that's Nintendo. And hey, they're kids. But it 
recently came out that Mario Odyssey reaches 10 million units sold within the last couple of weeks. And this is very much thanks to the, you know, the rise of the Switch. This, thanks to this console, Nintendo has really risen back up um, and conquered, you know, a very large part of the gaming market. Mario Odyssey is now the top, is now the, yeah, best-selling Switch game ever. Um, top three games are Mario Odyssey, of course, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, um, and then Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild third. And, you know, that's Nintendo IPs. And Nintendo IPs are fantastic. They always generally have been. Always generally. What a crappy way to word that. They normally are just widely spread fantastic games. Like, they're generally really good games. So, but I think my favorite thing about the Switch and the strength of Nintendo, and I'm glad Nintendo's doing well, is their assistance with third-party and indie devs. It's been great to see games like Golf Story come by, come their way through because of the Nintendo Switch. We had um, Shovel Knight make another resurgence on that platform. They've got new IPs starting and kind of building themselves and all continuing with um, Splatoon 2 or I cannot remember. Or ARMS, that was it. I almost didn't remember ARMS. It's all about ARMS. How could I forget? It's been a great console, and that with the announcements that in the coming E3, um, they will be having a more announcements on the Smash Brothers game that's coming to the Switch. I'm excited. There's still plenty of room for this console to grow, still more zany, wacky, kooky experiments that Nintendo's going to throw at us, like Labo, um, to see if they can continue that, you know, that mass push, that growth that we have so come to expect from Mario, from Nintendo. They continue to push the envelope a little bit with the different ways they can present content. So I'm excited to see where Nintendo goes. I'm happy for Nintendo. I could be gone on record um, on one of our podcasts already and said, look, before the Switch came out, I was pretty, I was pretty ready to be like, hey, Nintendo, just close your doors on your hardware. Just start bringing Mario and everything onto the PlayStation and Xbox. Okay, thanks. I'll be happy with that. That's all I want. And then the Switch came out, and I, I love that console. I don't get to play it as much, but every experience I've had on that console is fantastic. The fact that people are still picking up Odyssey, still picking up Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is, you know, a, a remaster brought over from the Nintendo Wii U, um, or Breath of the Wild, that, you know, these people are getting those games and then moving on to the, you know, the lesser-known titles like Splatoons or ARMS. Like, not lesser-known, but more... Their, their fan bases are smaller and still growing. So it's been really good to to see the rise of the Switch. And, you know, the world is their oyster currently. They've got the whole thing before them. They can do whatever they want with that console. And I think it's going to do well no matter what. People questioning, you know, is the Nintendo Labo um, a bit of a failure so far? And I don't think it matters too much. Nintendo Labo seems to be one of those things where Nintendo's doing so well that they can they can risk these kind of things working or not working it's full of the kookiness of nintendo that we've come to love and adore and appreciate so it is i, I can't wait to see cannot wait to see what happens next with nintendo and what more they bring us but in coming with that the favorite thing about nintendo is you can go back and play their games and there's always this nostalgia, this love. You know, you go back and play Ocarina of Time or you go play Super Mario Brothers 2. Um, 
you you can go back and enjoy the games and love the nostalgia because everything is in the same space everything is exactly the same as where you left it when you played it as a kid there's no changing it to them because the technology was limited they couldn't change things there was always bugs there's always little things that speedrunners take advantage of but nowadays games are as a whole they're too available they're too available to be changed to be tweaked to to be altered for various reasons to be fixed and there's something when i look back at you know that era of that cartridge era of you look back and you watch speedrunners at games done quick each year and the little tricks they do because they know you know this movement slows down the pixels like this or this does this and i find that fascinating that people know that yes there are still new gen games that still have the same problem or can be modded and changed a little bit but they're still in that same space but i don't think we're going to be there in 10 years time which brings me to my tidbit of the week this week if you hadn't seen um already in news this week or in the last couple of weeks it was happening that because it's it's been literally about 10 years since gta 4 was released and because of that and it happened with gta san andreas as well so it's been happening for a while that music has been taken out of the game because the copyright in that music is done it's out and they're not playing like songs sadly like david bowie um and a lot of apparently the russian music on the russian radio station which is odd a lot of that music is currently being removed or has already been removed and replaced by rockstar on those games as soon as your gta 4 um goes online you will lose that music from the game and it'll be replaced with something else which in many ways is kind of sad when you look at it because You'd hate to... One of my favourite parts of Grand Theft Auto games is the soundtracks. I love the radios. And may, would it, for me, it would hurt the experience a little bit that if I went back and decided, hey, this, you know, this is the new era. This is the new... No, sorry. If I went back and just decided I want to play and re-experience GTA 4... And when I go, it just feels off because of that music, because of how different it is. I don't... I just... It makes you think. It makes me think, and this is why I brought this up as the topic for the show today, because what if you... What if you go back in 10 years' time and we play games and... They've been changed. They've been altered. There's something different about them because the developers had had to change something or they had to take something out or they'd have to fix little things. And it brings and loses some of the charm, don't you think? It loses some of the bits we love. I'd hate to go back to a PlayStation like 1 or 2 game now. And the jankiness is almost charming. It's, I always laugh when I go back and play a game that I haven't played in years. It's always a PlayStation 1 or 2 game, and I'll go back and I'll start playing it, and it'll look like trash. It'll look like nothing that I can remember. I can remember these games looking amazing, and it doesn't do that. It just, you know, <laughs> it looks shit, and it looks janky, and there's jaggedy edges on everything, and the coloring's wrong, but I still love the game. I still find it charming. What happens if... In 10 years' time, games have just had, you know, 
instead of re-releasing remasters, they've changed it, but they've altered voice actors. They've maybe taken a section out of the game that is not either not appropriate anymore or as there's a big disagreement in the world or you know maybe not that so to speak the the appropriateness maybe games have to i've gone back and played a couple games i watched tv recently where i've been like oh these jokes can't cut it anymore this is not good like but it's it's a different it's a different idea that you know now we're getting to the point where we can developers can change anything about a game anything they want as soon as it you know as soon as there's a problem with it or they see issue with it they can go in they can update it just has to be approved by the console manufacturer and they can change the game that loses some of that you know the love from games that we got with all the different bits of the old eras going back and putting in your cartridge and you know that that glitch the jump glitch still works in mario or you they've changed something about the game they've changed how the jumping works you know imagine if you had a copy of crash bandicoot and this was before the insane trilogy and they've changed how the jumping works they just implemented the crash two or three jumping into crash one changed nothing else about the game and it breaks the game as we saw with the insane trilogy it breaks the game because the game is designed to run very differently Games are so inept and change. Even one year apart, the game can be a completely different game. And some games are designed like that. I remember when I went back to Destiny a year after it originally launched. And the game was a completely different game. And people loved it. People absolutely loved Destiny the year later. Six months later. Everybody hated Destiny when it first came out. But is there too much change available now? Is there too much freedom? Can devs go a bit overboard with changes and fixes? Should they be fixing absolutely every single problem without a game? Back in the day, they didn't have that capability and we played games without it. Should they still change it? I know you've been listening to me for all this time, but it's me, Kieran, from the past. I'm so much better than future Kieran. Future Kieran probably doesn't even know what he's talking about. But I do know what I'm talking about. Listen up for one second. If you have recently watched the Avengers Infinity War movie that was released on Wednesday here in Australia, the last couple of days anywhere across the world, and you want to hear people talk about it live, then be right here, twitch.tv slash Explosion Network, tomorrow, Saturday evening. Check out our Twitter at ExplosionPod to find out the starting time of the stream. Dylan will be there. There'll be more, uh, quite a few members of the Explosion Network there because we're all excited and pumped to break down the movie. Reveal our thoughts because I haven't spoken to it really about anybody, with anybody, uh, in the last couple of days. So you should definitely check it out. Uh, we would love to see you there to be able to interact with chat so we can hear your thoughts. That is tomorrow. Twitch.tv slash Explosion Network. Follow the channel so you get a notification as soon as we go live. Cannot wait to see you there. Avengers. Fallout. Rollout. Disengage. I don't. Oh, God. <sighs> Tune in tomorrow for that. But it just. It brings me down a bit that in 10 years' time, a game that I love could be very different to how I originally played it. Maybe that's just the world we live in nowadays. Maybe that's just what we've come to accept. So how do you feel about the fact that we can change and update games so freely now that games can be completely different from when they were, you know, when you originally played them 10 years later? Let me know in the Twitch chat, which I will check after the show, and we'll have a chat about it in the um, after the show section. 
or you know go tweet at me at your boy Ringo or at Explosion Pod. Tell me what you think. Something to ponder. Something to ponder. And now, each and every Friday, we shine our gaming spotlight on one individual or group um, to bring some love, to share the love, to bring your passion and love and our audience to them because they deserve it. And people have been doing a fantastic job um, in our community, especially Australian gaming community, that we love to share the love a bit. So this week's gaming spotlight goes to... Drew Agnew and the team over at House, The House of Mario. Um, it is a Nintendo podcast that uh, runs every week that I think is absolutely fantastic. I just, I love how Drew's passion for Nintendo comes through in every single episode that it really shines a light on maybe a console or a community that didn't have a, you know, somebody to shine their light on them very often. It was always, you know, some Nintendo fanboy that was hanging on for dear life for their show, for their, you know, their team, their their console. And it's really great to see Drew, you know, do things like go out and buy Nintendo Labor, which it might not have been for him, but he still bought it so he could bring to you a show um, featuring the latest news on it, the, give his thoughts and review on it. Please shout out to Drew. They're a part of the 8-Bit Collective. They're doing some fantastic work over there. Check out their podcast. I believe they're on all good podcasting services. Give them a review. Subscribe to their pod um, and check them out. Drew deserves it. He's a fantastic guy and we at the Explosion Network absolutely love the bugger! Except for, he's ridiculously good looking. Like, he is so good looking and strapping and I don't, what else, obviously he's a farmer, so what, like, he's just kept in pristine condition up there, but bloody hell, he looks amazing. I need to stop, you know, falling in love with him right now. Thank you very much for joining me for Early Late Nights on the Explosion Network, twitch.tv slash Explosion Network. We come live to you every 6.30, every Tuesday and Friday. Uh, right here on the channel give us a follow so you get notifications of when we go live please feel free to jump into chat we'll interact with you or i will we i will i will interact and chat with you in between um the clips of the show and bring your thoughts and theories to the show love to hear it i'd love to know why i'm wrong half the time because i am wrong quite a lot of the time but it's okay if you can't catch us live Every Wednesday and Saturday at 7pm Australian Standard Time, the show goes up once again on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Explosion Network and all good podcasting services. Give us a subscribe, give us a review, check us out each and every, each, two times a week. That's it. I'm just not stepping over my words now, two times a week. Um, really give us a look and we appreciate any reviews and feedback you can give us for each and every show. That brings us to the end the end of the show oh no but that's okay we end each and every episode when i feel like it or when i don't have something else to talk about with 60 seconds of media madness and it's returned it is back everybody are you ready i know i'm ready have a fantastic weekend hope you had a good anzac day I'll see you later. Okay, go! Uh, PS Plus announced its free game for May. Uh, the headliner for that is going to be Beyond Two Souls. 
in anticipation for Detroit coming out. That seems pretty fantastic. I already talked about Xbox doing uh, 2.2 billion in sales for Microsoft. More Nintendo's on Nintendo's online service is coming extremely soon, so keep an eye out for that. Fortnite. If you haven't played Fortnite, or if you're not interested in Fortnite, you probably wouldn't know. There's a media currently in the sky, and it's going to land at some point, and people are like, holy fucking shit, it's going to be great. So people have been waiting around one of the settlements for this meteor in-game to see it crash, and boy oh boy did Epic Games decide to troll them by actually dropping meteors on people's heads. Ugh, that's not very cool. It's going to hurt. It's all fiery and shit. Um, Hearthstone is uh, has finally gone alive with its Monster Hunter or Hunt Monster Hunt mode. Um, which is another PvE mode that you can use your decks to take out the next challenge. And keep an eye out for more news on Detroit. It's already been brought out. There is a few problems with the game. Keep your eye out or avoid it. What can you do? Have a fantastic night and sweet dreams. Read April 2018, take five. Hey listener, if you're not listening to the Tales of Thelden yet, you should be. It's a D&D audio drama, more easily described as D&D light. The focus is telling a fun story and cutting out too much of the fiddly D&D details that could confuse or bore the uninformed. It features Kieran, Dylan, Ash and Tom, and you'll be in for some laughs and good adventure. Give the first episode a listen today and see if it's for you. Explosion Network Bulletin Board. Pleasure Explosion is now Thursdays at 12pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. Thank God daylight's over. With Tom hosting the free-flowing conversation and make sure you check out if you found the old format too much. Reaction Review Discussions officially lift off on Twitch, so make sure you follow our Twitter at ExplosionPod and twitch.tv slash Explosion Network to keep up when they are live. You'll also find them at bit.ly slash Explosion Network on our YouTube 24 hours later.